0: Welcome to Soul Talk. This is your host, Pastor Rick Qualls. We hope this is an encouragement to you as you walk with God. Hi, this is Pastor Rick with Soul Talk. We're delighted that you've tuned in today. I uh, have Dave in here with uh, with me in the studio, and uh, Dave, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm pretty good. You seem doing like good. you got a lot of energy today. Well, yeah. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My energy reserves don't last very long.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, we, we better keep going then. We better keep going. We better keep going. You're like the Tin Man. Yeah. In The uh, Wizard of Oz, you know, the, we, we, the oil su- supply is short. We don't want to waste this movement.
0: Okay. We better (laughs) go with it then, hadn't we? We better go. Well, one of the things that uh, if you're a churchgoer, you hear a lot, oh, you're just hypocritical. The church is full of hypocrisy. And uh, we tend to get very, very upset about that when we hear it. And uh, did you know that Jesus talked about hypocrisy in the church? Well, I think maybe we ought to take a look at that. Um, the definition for hypocrisy actually comes from the Greek, which means an actor or a stage player. And it goes back to the Greek uh, dramas when uh, the actors would wear oversized masks uh, to show their, their feeling. In, in other words, the audience was so far back that they used these oversized masks. And regardless of how they felt or what facial expressions they had, it didn't matter because they had this mask on. And that's kind of what we do in hypocrisy. We've got this mask that we wear so that people can uh, see what it is that, uh, that we're really feeling. So uh, Jesus talked about that in the sixth chapter of, of uh, Matthew in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. We've been taking a look at uh, some of those passages. This one begins with uh, chapter 6. The very first verse gives the conclusion. Interesting to have the conclusion at the very first. Be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward then from your Father in heaven. Now, Jesus goes on to talk about giving to the poor and praying and fasting. Uh, Why would he pick these three out? Well, the most important things in religious life in the first century had to do with the spiritual disciplines of giving alms to the poor and praying and fasting. Now, spiritual discipline is something that we do in order to give God room in our lives to work. God works in our heart, and we work out what he creates. Uh, for example, if he creates within you uh, a spirit of love, then what you do will be acts of love. They're not going to be just individual, but you will become a loving person, and that's what a spiritual discipline does. We have them today that we use: going to church and praying, and Bible reading and study, and giving and sharing our faith with others. All of those things are spiritual disciplines that we use to give God room to work in our heart and in our lives. And we need to remember, I think, in our actions uh, that it really does not matter what other folks think, that God's applause is enough. In uh, the first section, he talks about giving. Uh, And he says to give quietly to the poor. In uh, those that work with charity, uh, of Moses Maimonides, he lived 800 years ago and developed uh, what he called a ladder of giving. And the very lowest step is to give, but to do it unwillingly. uh, We go up a couple of rungs, and then we give adequately after somebody asks us to give. We go a little bit further, and we give to an unknown recipient. Uh, then the next step is giving anonymously to a known recipient. I had a friend in another church who absolutely loved this step. He would find out uh, somebody in the church that had a need. He would go out and get a, a money order. He'd put it in an anonymous envelope and mail it to them. And he could not wait Uh to see their reaction on Sunday morning, that people were so surprised and excited that their needs were met and were wanting to know who did it. And John would just sit back there and he would chuckle. He'd just love to give that way. But the highest level of giving is to prevent poverty. Uh, it's helping uh, folks have money to start a business or to help them find a job uh, so they can earn a livelihood. While back, we had uh, this is a number of years ago. Uh, we had a man that got off the bus with some carpenter tools, and uh, he came in for some help. And uh, I asked, I asked him, "Well, when did you get out of prison?" And he said, "How did you know?" I said, "Oh, I, I just, I just know, I just know." And anyway. Uh, We got down to it, and we were able to give him uh, a reference to a job. And he got on that job. He worked really hard, uh, progressed up, and earned a livelihood. And it was just a wonderful thing to see that happen in someone's life. So that's the highest level of giving. God's applause is enough. We'll be back and we'll talk about the next section in just a moment. This is Pastor Rick with Soul Talk, and we're ready for our second section as we talk about hypocrisy in the church and what Jesus had to say about it. Uh, The theme is God's applause is enough. First of all, he talked about the giving of alms to the poor, to do that secretly, and now he's going to talk about praying and not praying uh, in a way that draws attention to yourself. He says, And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogue and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, uh, here's the kind of the situation. It would be like me if I went down to El Pablito and and I ordered a great big enchilada, and I get my order, and I've got my diet uh, Dr. Pepper there, and I'm so excited. I stand up, and I announce to everybody, let's bow our heads and pray. Can you imagine what people would do? <laughs> well, I imagine they would uh, ignore you. They would ignore <laughs> you, and they would think that you were a bit odd. And yet that's the kind of thing that was going on in Jesus' day. Uh, people would be in uh, public and make a display of their preaching mm. or of their prayer. Uh, prayer is fostering your relationship with God. And... Uh, Again, the applause of God's enough. I found it interesting that the earlier Christians adopt a time of regular prayer at nine, noon, and three. Uh any guess why that would be?
1: Hmm. No, I don't have one. Not don't have off the top one. of my head.
0: Okay. It's early in the morning, you know. It's early in the morning, and I'm <laughs> I'm just throwing these questions at him and just, a, have a uh, just as like a, yeah. a, a
1: reminder to, to take a break from work and talk to God? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it was a reminder. But uh, 9 o'clock was the time that Jesus was crucified. Oh, okay. And noon was when darkness settled on the face of the earth, mm-hmm. and 3 o'clock was when uh, his spirit passed. Okay. Uh, and so every day was a reminder of the cross of Jesus. Then he goes on and he gives us the Lord's Prayer, and this is found right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and that gives it, I think, some great importance. Jesus taught us, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen. Then he goes on and he says, for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. So when we pray, we need to remember that God's applause is enough. We'll be back and talk about fasting in just a moment. This is Pastor Rick with Soul Talk, and we're talking about the things that Jesus said about hypocrisy in the life of the church. Uh, people charge the church with being hypocritical, and in one sense, yes, we are. Uh, we can't live up possibly to uh, the standards that we have, uh, but fortunately we don't have to. God's grace is all that we need. As we move into the next section in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talks about fasting, and here's what he says. When you fast, don't look somber like the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they're fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret— Will reward you. I really like
1: the uh, the Jesus throwing shade there at drama queens and kings. Yes, like the people that uh, yeah, the, the, we would know them today as people who just like they're always it's always a drama, right? Yes, and so like the <laughs>
0: the the people
1: who are looking sad just to look sad or
0: whatever. <laughs> I just love that that's in the Bible. That's hilarious. That's right. Sometimes people look sad just somber to get to get uh, attention, to get attention, and Jesus talks about that. Uh, Fasting takes self-control, and that uh, is mentioned in the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And that's what fasting teaches us. It uh, gives God room to work in our lives. For the Jews in the first century especially, fasting was a very important spiritual discipline. And uh, on a minor fast day, uh, they would fast from uh, just before dawn until just after sunset. They would fast before receiving a revelation from God. Moses fasted for 40 days on the mountain as he was getting ready to hear from God and receive the Ten Commandments. Sometimes they uh, would fast for a national disaster, perhaps a drought or uh, ensuing war, uh, and everyone would be called to pray. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Then the Lord goes on and he talks about uh, what kind of fast that really gives him pleasure. In Isaiah chapter 58 verses 5 through 7, he writes, Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? This is the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked to clothe them and not to turn away your own flesh and blood? So we see here that fasting is more than just fasting from food, that it is a fast for us to do righteous acts, fasting is a tough discipline. It's it's kind of like dieting or exercise or doing your daily devotion. Fasting uh, helps develop self-control, and it can be for more than just food. Uh, we can give things up so that we can devote more time with God.
1: And yeah, there's we a lot can. of uh, there's a lot of symbolism there for other things. Uh, yes. just in particular if if you don't mind me interjecting where he talks about just the one day that can that can really be tied to the way we do church <laughs> oh you're just going to you're just going to go to church on Sundays and that's the day you're going to be nice to your people in your community and then the rest of the day you're going to go act like a jerk the rest of the week you're going to go act like a jerk at work at the grocery store waiting
0: in line at the fast food place that's just the one day that's all i get just one day, yeah. and God's looking for all of our life, mm-hmm. and that is convicting. It yeah. is convicting. Yes, very much. Uh, we can fast from a lot of different things that will uh, help our spiritual life. We can fast from TV. Uh, you can fast from uh, two of your daily TV shows, and imagine what God could do in that hour with you as you spent some time in the Word. You can fast from tech. Uh, I have a, f- uh, a friend who fasts from social media periodically because it gives him extra time to pray. Uh, another friend I know uses uh, driving as a time for prayer. Uh, and the prayer can change your life if you do it as a part of fasting. God's applause is enough. We don't need the attention of other people for our uh, walk with the Lord. In fact, he's happy when uh, we walk with him in a very quiet, humble, uh, humble way. And it could very well be that that's what the world is looking for too. For Christians that are humble, uh, who are meek, who are hungry for righteousness, and who are peacemakers. So, that's the end of our show today. I hope you tune in next week as we continue on in the Sermon on the Mount. Thanks for listening. We appreciate all of our listeners. You can listen to this show live at KFEX 93.1 FM at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time on most Mondays. Join us next time on the next episode of Sultan.